Gentlemen podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the co-hosts are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. We're going to shake things up around here. That was the message that we got from Vince McMahon uh, leading into this week's Monday Night Raw. I am your host, the Warden Matt Ritter, and I am here with my co-host, Sir Cusselot Travis Pointer. What's happening? Welcome back. Good to be back, sir. Uh, this is episode 74 of the Smack and a Raw podcast, and if you are new, welcome. If you are not new, thanks for continuing to listen. Uh, Travis, how you doing today? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Yeah, right. you got a nice little break from podcasts, huh? This is the only one. Yeah, if you call that a break, I only do one this week instead of two or three. <laughs> Sounds like a break to me. I keep telling you that talking to me about wrestling isn't work. Editing and posting might be work, but this, this isn't work. This is fun. Oh, dealing with you is work, sir. My wife doesn't think so. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned it when I did the post-show because uh, Travis and the Rack both no-showed. We will not be doing an episode of the Smack and Raw podcast next week. Travis has mandated, uh, like Vince McMahon did, that we all take the time off uh, to spend with our loved ones. And unlike the WWE, we did not record an episode to be released that week to cover our asses. But... Everything for Raw and SmackDown has already been recorded, and there are spoilers online. So if, just because you guys can't hear us talk about it doesn't mean you can't watch it, or if you're anxious, go read about it so you don't fuck up your Christmas and your Christmas Eve. Find out what happened. I know what happened. You've always been like that, man. What do you mean? Like You see, like, you know, like, even... When we were kids and shit, like you'd read the SmackDown spoilers like days before SmackDown came. I'm like, why can't you just wait and watch SmackDown? Want to know what was going on? Though I didn't read all the spoilers. I only read a spoiler. Um, and I also haven't read spoilers for NXT, which I was glad I didn't because there was a really cool NXT uh, cage match between Aleister Black and Johnny Gargano uh, that had a cool ending. And Phil told me there were spoilers and I actively avoided them, so... Speaking of spoilers, let's get into uh, news and rumors. Apparently, Braun Strowman will not be cleared for in-ring competition until the Royal Rumble. That does not mean he will not be showing up, but it sounds like he won't be taking any bumps or doing any physical activities until the Royal Rumble. John Cena apparently has pitched to Gronkowski that he should leave the NFL and come join the WWE. Well, if you watch Gronkowski play this year, you know he's about done anyway. So, yeah, but I've also listened to Gronkowski speak, and that is not something I want to hear cut in promos. That mm, mm. <sighs> you might be right. Oh, it's bad. He was on an episode of that uh, "Drop the Mic" with Method Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was bad. That was real <laughs> fucking bad. Oh. Um, Zelina Vega has been taking shots at Paige on Twitter. We will talk about why later on the show, but she's been making some comments to Paige on Twitter uh, after some things that happened on SmackDown as per uh, Paige's role with the company. So that has been interesting. Everyone's following Becky Lynch's footsteps. They're all now taking to Twitter to create buzz behind themselves and try and get that spot that Becky solidified for herself. Hmm, they can try. And uh, apparently, Ryback has informed everyone that he will be returning to wrestling in 2019. Oh, where? Uh, that's the thing. He didn't say. He just 
he asked where people wanted to see him, and then it would say WWE or Impact or Ring of Honor or New Japan. He ain't going back to WWE. They don't fucking want him back. He ain't coming back. Exactly. He's through there. Maybe Impact. Impact might might take him, but... Yeah, they'll take anybody. And also, apparently, someone asked RVD if he was going to return. Um, last I, I heard, which was last year, due to concussions, he is not cleared to wrestle, but uh, he did say something cryptic about... Uh, Keep your eyes open in the near future or something like that. Like, that was his response. So, Look, all these old school ECW dudes need to be sitting down some damn way. <laughs> like, most of y'all are just, it's just, you've been hitting the head way too many times if you were one of the old school WCW guys. I need you to just sit down somewhere. I <laughs> agree. I I absolutely agree. And Van Dam used to fucking jump from the turnbuckle out into the crowd and shit. And yeah, no, definitely need to sit down. Uh, and then last but not least, this isn't really news, but uh, Kate wanted to make sure that any of you that are watching the video and not listening to the audio was able to see her Christmas decorations behind me and the Christmas tree. So there you go, baby. They saw the Christmas tree stockings all the stuff she did now she'll be happy and I'll be happy happy wife happy life all right Travis let's let's talk about it let's get into Monday Night Raw the big announcement Vince comes out and he calls out Stephanie and then he calls out Triple H and I'm not gonna lie when he called out Stephanie and Triple H I thought oh shit maybe he's actually gonna hand the company over to them officially but then he called out Shane and we're told a bunch of bullshit about how middle management has been running the company and the McMahons are taking it back. The four of them will be running both Raw and SmackDown, and they're going to give us what we want. They're going to listen to the fans. This is – some people online have been calling it the people era. Yes, Travis. I just want to point out one thing, how they – uh when they came on this day, you know, we're going to give you, you know, new matchups and new this and new that. And we're going to kick it off with the same shit we just did last night. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, no, so, I mean, Steph says it's time to listen to the fans and the four of them will be taken back. We're on SmackDown and they're going to give the fans what they want. It's time for, as you said, new faces, new matchups, and new era in WWE. Um, apparently we, the people are the authority now is what they said. Yeah. Okay. Um, but there are no real clearly defined guidelines as to what this means. I mentioned it and the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash smack it raw that the last time Vince kind of publicly came out and said something along these lines was right before we got the attitude era. It was, it was the initial launch of the attitude era. Now I'm not saying that's what we're getting. I don't believe that's what we're getting. I'm just saying the last time Vince made a statement like this that we're changing with the times and so on, that was when the Attitude Era came about. Now, people are calling this the People's Era because they're saying we make the decisions and they're going to give us what we want, which we've heard all before. About to say, Not that long ago. If you say so, because we've been told they were going to listen to us several times and they still just do what they want, which is sometimes giving us what we want and sometimes not. And the thing so, is, 
the real issue I think they're having is what I've noticed the past few weeks, you know, just guessing. They got to remember, like, this is wrestling. This isn't Game of Thrones. You got to give the good guys a win. Every now and then, like, you know what I mean? You can't uh-huh. just, you know, abuse your audience like that over and over again and expect them to just come back and ask for more like we do when we're watching Game of Thrones. Because that's one of those things where you kind of like the abuse. This, that's not what it is in wrestling. You still, you got to give us a win every, like, you know, pretty often. <laughs> Especially because you guys don't go on hi- hiatus for a year or two years to where we can kind of let go of those hurt feelings and ease back into it and get ready to be all fucked up again like we can. Like, you're on every week. Every exactly. week, twice a week. There's no time off to let those wounds heal. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so you got to you got to give us a win more often than you are is what I'm saying. So what what it sounds like Travis is you you don't have a whole lot of faith going into this uh this new era of WWE that they announced. They haven't given me a reason to. Okay. I I can see that and I'm not surprised. I I really wouldn't do anything until January anyway. You know, you had this week and then next week is pre-recorded shit and it's the holidays. I wouldn't do anything till after the first of the year to really kick anything off, but I get what you're saying. Um, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for now and hope that they mean what they say and we're going to go in a new direction. And actually, they they did actually kind of um, give us what they promised, but not before we got what, as you said, was a retread of TLC. So Baron Corbin comes out and he's like, listen, last night was bullshit. You know, I wasn't prepared for all those people to come out and this and that, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't ready for that match. I deserve another shot. And they're like, all right, well, you can have a match against the mystery opponent. If you win that match, you're the GM. Mystery opponent's Kurt Angle. So that match, they're like, oh, yeah, and there's a special guest referee. And then it's Heath Slater. Oh, yeah, and it's a handicap match. And Apollo Crews and Chad Gable and Bobby Roode come down. Oh, yeah, and it's no disqualification. And it's pretty much just everyone kicking the shit out of Baron Corbin. Um, and then after they pin him, they put him through a table. And that's the end of Baron Corbin as the GM, which, by the way, it's also the end of everyone as a GM. There are no more GMs. Seems to be no more commissioners. And we'll talk a little bit more of that about that when we get into SmackDown. We then get uh, Finn Balor, Dolph Ziggler, which was a really good match until Drew McIntyre came down. It did get entertaining there, though, because though they were going at it, once Drew McIntyre came down and both guys had an issue with him, Ziggler went after McIntyre, and so did Balor. And after they took McIntyre out, they went back in the ring and continued the match. And Drew hadn't really actually thrown a punch, so there was no reason to disqualify anyone at that point. You rarely ever see that, where someone gets involved and then the match just continues to keep going. So that that was interesting, um, but McIntyre does come in, causes the DQ, and takes out both Ziggler and Balor by himself. Cool story, bro. Then we get Dean Ambrose coming out, and I knew the entire time that Seth Rollins was one of the guys in the gas masks in the black, and that's why he wasn't showing up. But he comes out, he cuts a pretty good promo, um, and I, I was thinking to myself, you know how every time there's an elaborate entrance or something and they've got like druids or uh, people dressed as Chicago gangsters, 
Like, there's always a future WWE star somewhere hidden in there. So you're wondering who's there in a gas mask right now? That is correct. Like, who am I going to find out in five to ten years? It be like, yeah, I was one of the guys in the gas mask for <laughs> fucking Dean Ambrose. That's what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also done what you asked here, Travis, and they've kind of turned Renee Heel in support of her <laughs> husband on commentary for just this segment. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. Like, <laughs> So maybe they are listening to the fans. Maybe they're listening to the Smack and Raw podcast because they gave you something you wanted and they gave me something I wanted to an extent this week. But you got Renee Young. Uh, you were saying it makes sense to you? Yeah, I was just saying it makes sense. Like, why wouldn't she be in support of what her husband's doing? Like, makes perfectly good sense to me instead of her just sitting there being all ambiguous about it and just like, ah, oh, well, I don't know. Yes, you do. Well, not just in support of it, but she was talking about how they celebrated after TLC and how good Dean looks with that Intercontinental title on. Yeah. Like, she's she's in full swing. And a lot of people I heard online complaining about that. I'm with you, Travis. I think it's good. Like, it makes sense. (laughs) Well, the problem with it is they don't want her to be a heel for one segment and then a baby face for every other But I don't even see that as her being a heel for that segment. I just see that as her, you know, she loves her husband, so she was happy for her husband. And she supports him. Um, he wants Seth to come out and tell him he was right, which I can get behind that kind of sen- sentiment. I mean, I won last night. I was right. I told you. Now come out here and tell me I was right. Like, I'm with that. I get that. I- I'm behind Dean Ambrose on that. But as we said, Seth doesn't come out. So then he's like, all right, well, how about this? I'm going to take a page out of your book. Open challenge. Not for my title, but open challenge, Seth. And- <laughs> Still no Seth. And he's like, fine. I see title open challenge for anyone but Seth Rollins. And then Tyler Breeze's music hits, which I wasn't expecting. And this is a new matchup. Yeah. Yeah. And a new, something we haven't seen. And <clears throat> I know you don't watch NXT. The week before this, Tyler Breeze returned to NXT as a surprise guest picked by William Regal to challenge Ricochet for the North American Championship. And they put on a fantastic match. And he got a big pop there, which I think might have been part of the reason for why they selected him for this. He even hit his finisher, the beauty shot. He didn't get the one, two, three. Ambrose ended up hit, finishing him off with the dirty deeds. Um, but, I mean, it, it's kind of a small thing for Tyler Breeze, who's just been sitting in the back doing nothing since Fandango got hurt, to come out and take that icy title shot and get some time on TV. So... Yeah, it makes sense, him. you know, instead of just giving us the exact same people over and over again every week. I get it. Uh, then, as Renee is cheerleading for her husband and his win, uh, or during the match, and then Ambrose wins, he gets back on the mic and he takes another jab at Rollins, and this is, as I said, where Rollins slides in and attacks Dean and pulls off his gas mask and shows that he's actually Seth Rollins and he's not a thug in a gas mask. He's been hanging out there the whole time. Yeah. Uh, did you see the Leo Rush, Bobby Lashley, Elias thing? I don't know. No? No. Uh, did you see no. the tag team thing? Keep in mind, I may have fallen asleep. but Okay. No, I don't think that happened. What was the tag team thing? There was a fatal four-way tag team match for the number one contendership? No. Okay. Uh, did you see 
the Seth Rollins interview backstage? Yes, but I'm not sure if that was from me watching it on YouTube or me watching it on the show. Where he punched Corbin in the face? Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing all that. I just don't remember if I saw it on YouTube or if I saw it while I was watching Raw. We'll say that it's good enough for Hulu. Uh, Seth was backstage getting an interview. They're uh, asking him about what happened to TLC, and he's like, yeah, you know what? I heard the booze. I heard what was going on. I take responsibility for that, and it's, it's my job to fix it. And then Corbin comes up, and he's like, listen, this is all your fault. Like, everything was going good until you showed up last week and opened your fucking mouth and said some dumb shit. Now I'm not GM anymore, and all this bad shit's happening to me. And uh, Rollins punched him in the mouth. Wanted none of it. I mean, he had it coming, but, I mean, I don't know, man. His... That TLC match. I don't know what was happening or what it was. I really was just watching, like, why am I not enjoying this? And I was like, it's it's going on way too long. And it's like, you know, how you're watching somebody, like, just suffering and struggling and just like, oh, just kill them already, you know? Well, the thing about that, and <laughs> I talked about it last week, and I talked about it on the post show that I had to do by myself, Um that match needed something. We've seen Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins in singles matches plenty of times, and normally they're fairly good, but when you've seen something, as as we've talked about and what they're trying to change over and over and over again, you need to do something, and that match definitely should have been the latter match. I think that would have been the right choice. That would have made that match better and mm-hmm. not as long or boring, and they didn't do that. And the spot uh, they were in, too, I'm like, oh, man. Did you see all the new faces WWE announced will be debuting in the near future? Little vignettes they did? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I believe I saw all of them. I don't know if I saw all of them, but I did see them. Did you see the return vignettes that they had? Remind me. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? I saw Sami Zayn, so I'm assuming Kevin Owens happened also. Um, My personal feeling is I feel like they're blowing a lot of shit that they should have saved for the Royal Rumble. Like, yeah, that's why, one of why, the best parts of the Rumble is the surprises, you know, of who's why, back. Tell me Kevin Owens is coming back and Sami Zayn is coming back and Heavy Machinery and Lacey Evans and Nikki Cross and we knew about Lars Sullivan, but EC3 are mm-hmm. all coming to the main roster. Why not throw them in the Royal Rumble? It's only a couple weeks away. That's the They're way not to showing up next week. Exactly. That's the way you're supposed to do stuff like that. I don't know why they didn't just save them for the Rumble. Um... Did you see Ronda Rousey and that whole thing? I did. Obviously. Okay, so Ronda comes out and she cuts a promo saying that she's a champion and then she defines what a champion is. And she said she's setting a new precedent that from now on, after every pay-per-view, while she's champion, she's going to come out and defend her title the very next night. Uh, So she says, it's an open challenge. Come out. We cut to the back. All of the women are screaming at the producers, telling them to play their music. Steph comes in and says, hey, cut it out. Follow me. They walk out on stage. Steph says, you're going to defend your title, Ronda, but not this week. It'll be next week against the winner of the gauntlet match we are having tonight. Eight women. Winner is the number one contender. Fights Ronda next week. I don't know what the fuck happened here, Travis. I really don't. Um... We'll get to that in a second, but I also that reminded me of something I need to point out. That's also wrong with what's going on right now. 
Did you notice that, you know, last, well, Sunday night was tables, ladders, and chairs. So everybody had these very grueling matches and all that kind of stuff. The very next night, the only one selling anything from the night before was Liv Morgan. I agree. Like, when she walked out, she was kind of holding her side when she walked out. Everybody else from the night, it was like nobody was in a tables match or a ladders match or, you know, a TLC match the night before all week. And it's just like, so I'm supposed to just believe that you went through all that and you're not hurting at all? Like, come on now. And I also touched on the fact that I didn't like the fact that when Liv and uh, Sarah went through those tables, they were out for so long. Like, they, they put them through the tables way too soon for them to be out that entire match. But I do like that Liv was selling it the next day because she did take a hard bump through that table. Yeah. Uh, that, that was one of those, oh, shit, kind of bumps. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you on that. But I was thinking, and maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a big section of the WWE universe, and if you guys are out there, let me know. Maybe there is a section of you that really wanted Natalia to win this. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Ember Moon or Listen, Sasha. You and I, I both have been all on this Ember Moon train for a long time, and it's just we're trying to figure out why they're not doing this, and it, it's obvious to us. I'm sure it's obvious to others out there. But for some reason, they just won't go ahead and say go. <laughs> like, She's one it. of the best talents on the roster, but that's regardless. What what I'm saying is they said they were going to give us what the fans wanted. I thought, along with you and me, that they're, the fans wanted Ember Moon. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys want Natalia. And I just didn't fucking know. Yeah, maybe we just had no idea, but there there is a large sector of the WWE universe that has been clamoring for Natalia to get a title shot because and reasons. I've got it here. We started off with Bailey versus Alicia. Bailey beats Alicia, and then she beats Dana Brooke, who actually had a really good showing. And props to Dana Brooke for coming out there and taking that opportunity and showing out. Uh, then Mickey James beats Bailey, and then Ember Moon beats Mickey, and this is where I'm like, all right, all right, Ember's in it now. We only got a few more competitors. She's gonna outlast. She's gonna look like a badass. Win this, and then she loses to fucking Natalia, who then beats Ruby Riot and then beats Sasha Banks to win the gauntlet match to take on Ronda on the Christmas edition. Of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what the fuck? I don't I don't know, bro. Like I still like I don't understand it. There's I'm looking at the women who are in this gauntlet match, and with the exception of Alicia Fox, I'd say I'd rather have any of them if you know, instead of Natalia. <laughs> Let me just say, I don't know what it is about Mickey James, but no matter what she does. She is one of the most attractive women on the roster. I was about roster. to say, yeah. Every it's, time she walks out, fucking it's like, hot. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I don't know what's going on with you, but... I don't know, man. She got that milk like magic. Um, so, yeah, anyway, Ronda comes down and raises Natalia's hand. There's no heel turn. There's no fight. No nothing. They're still best friends. There's a shitty friend uh, to Natalia. 
and it's going to be a babyface versus babyface match for the title next or on Christmas. Christmas Eve. Or Christmas Eve for Raw. It's perfect for Christmas Eve. Friends and happiness on the match on Christmas Eve. All right, let's get into this. Let's not. Not good enough for Hulu. Let's talk about the things that Travis missed. Uh, Leo Rush introduces Bobby Lashley. They are in the ring. There's a single spotlight on Bobby Lashley sitting there with the guitar that he broke over Elias the night before. Uh, Leo Rush talks about, you know, what happened last night and how Bobby Lashley's so great. And then they have Bobby Lashley do a pose down, ending with his ass pose. Uh, And then Elias magically shows up out of nowhere. And what was great about this, Travis, was the announcer says, ladies and gentlemen, Elias. But the arena's still dark. And I'm thinking, all right, are they going to cut to the stage? But no, he just slides in with another guitar and smashes it over (laughs) Bobby Lashley. So, like, he was there. He talked to the announcer, said, yeah, say my name. She says his name. He just slides in and everyone looks at the stage. Nope, right there, smashes him. Bobby Lashley no-sold it. Um, No-sells like a motherfucker. Like, didn't lay down, didn't get knocked out, nothing. He stood up and he looked pissed. And that was pretty much the end of that segment. That's why I didn't make Hulu. Gotcha. (laughs) Then we had Shane. uh, He's backstage. And he's being asked, you know, what changes will be made? And Drake Maverick interrupts. And he tells Shane, listen, the AOP lost their tag team titles, but they deserve a mandatory tag team rematch. I want that tag team rematch. And Shane's like, you know what? That's one of those things that's going to change around here. There are no more man. He didn't say specifically there are no more mandatory rematch clauses, but he said that's one of the problems that they're going to get rid of. Hmm. And if the AOP wants to get their tag team titles back, they need to earn it. So tonight the AOP takes on the Lucha house party the B team and the revival in a fatal four-way tag team match. And Travis, this is where they listened to the fans and they gave us what the fuck we wanted because the revival won that match and are now the number one contenders for the motherfucking tag team titles. So I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm just saying they didn't job the revival out. They let them work like a real fucking tag team, hit their tag team finisher, get a, get a win, be the heel tag team. They are, and put them in the conversation. Yeah. One of them be injured in a couple of weeks anyway. That has not happened in a very long time. <laughs> don't be. Um, and then as we talked about, I know that's it. That's it. Yeah. That, that was that tag team match. Uh, we did mention all of the new faces and everything. So ladies and gentlemen, not good enough for Hulu. So wait, there was nothing yeah. with Nia Jax at all. No, nothing with Nia Jax. Okay. She just, she just, she just don't work there no more. Like, what, what happened? <laughs> she, I mean, she did get punched in the face by Becky backstage at TLC. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I was, you know, she was just in a title match the night before, and next night on Raw, she just don't exist no more. Like, new faces, Travis. They didn't have time for old faces. They had a whole gauntlet match full of old faces. <laughs> well, no, they're. They're not in the title contention. These are new faces in the title contention. None of those women are in title contention or have been. New faces. Anyway. That still doesn't make any sense as to why Nia Jax wasn't there. Or Tamina. Why wasn't Tamina in that match? I don't know why they weren't there, but they were not there. Um, 
So not good enough for Hulu, ladies and gentlemen. Leo Rush, Bobby Lashley, and Elias. Uh, and then all of the tag team shenanigans with the Revival becoming number one contenders for the tag team titles, which I'm very happy about and disappointed didn't make Hulu because they hit a shatter machine. It was actually a really good match. Hmm. And did we say that the Seth Rollins interview backstage wasn't good enough for Hulu, or was that? I didn't. I'm not sure. It, like I said, I know I saw it, but I don't remember if I saw it on Hulu or if I saw it on YouTube. All right. <sighs> Smackdown. So we start off with Shane standing backstage with all of the Smackdown talent around him. People I forgot were on Smackdown, like Aiden English, and he's- you know. And I was thinking, I was actually just thinking, like, last week, what the fuck happened to Aiden English? Like, what do they do with him now? Because he only stayed around, I feel like, as long as he did because of the Rusev Day thing. And now that now he's done with that, so... Got to revamp that character, I guess. He's kind of still there. Are they going to do him like Kurt Hawkins? <laughs> Maybe. Um, but Shane's giving a speech about the new direction of WWE and so on and so forth. And then we get some very, at least for me, heartbreaking news that not only is Baron Corbin no longer GM, but Paige is no longer GM. They said it doesn't mean she's not going anywhere, that she's going. uh, He said it doesn't mean she's not going to be around. It's just her role is changing. I've read rumors that they might make her a panelist on the kickoff shows. That's not what I want. And I have tweeted Paige and started a hashtag, keep Paige on TV. Go to Twitter and use hashtag keep Paige on TV because they say they're going to listen to us. So if we tell them we don't want you to take Paige off SmackDown, then they can't take Paige off SmackDown. So tweet it out. It's like the women's revolution. Hashtag keep Paige on TV. Because I don't want to see her go anywhere. She was fucking fantastic. One of the best GMs probably we've ever had. I don't want her just to be relegated to an analyst on the kickoff show. Fuck that. I feel you. Becky marches out to the ring, though, and says she's not going to sit back there and listen to all that bullshit. She's got some stuff that she wants to get down to, and that is all she wants from the McMahons is motherfucking Ronda Rousey. So Charlotte comes out, and she's like, that's great, but you need to get behind me in the line because Ronda's mine. And then Asuka comes out and says, hey, guys, I'm SmackDown Women's Champion. This is SmackDown. Why are you talking about Ronda? I won that match. And then Vince comes down. And he says, you two need to stop whining. If you have a problem with Ronda, go take it up with Ronda, which to me sounds like he gave them permission to go invade Monday Night Raw. That's what that sounded like to me, too. Very interesting TV. Mind you, I don't want a triple threat main event at WrestleMania. I do not want to see Ronda versus Charlotte versus Becky. I'm I'm honestly kind of tired of seeing triple threat matches. So, like, I want to see Becky versus Ronda. And that's it. I'm worried that with this direction, they're going to lean towards a triple threat match that they don't want to keep Charlotte out of the main event with everything that, you know, she's been a part of for this women's movement. I don't want to see that. Asuka needs an opponent. Charlotte is the perfect opponent for Asuka heading towards WrestleMania. Let's stick to that. But anyway, they can put, they can have like Charlotte versus um, Asuka, like at the rumble or something. And, I don't know about what they'll do at Mania, but Becky versus uh, Ronda at Mania is the match. So I'm with you 100. <laughs> um, 
Vince also says, hey, Asuka, you're hiding back there. Uh, you feel like defending your title tonight? And Asuka's like, hell yeah, I'll defend my title tonight. And he goes, all right, so who's it going to be? And Naomi's music hits. She slides down. Vince even kind of steps out of her way and guides her with his hands. He just wanted to look at her ass, but go ahead. I don't I don't blame him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he gives her the match. Uh, Asuka versus Naomi for the Women's Championship on SmackDown. Former two-time SmackDown Women's Champion loses to Asuka, but Asuka just got the title. We knew she was going to lose. Right. But it's someone new in that title picture. And a good match. And it was a very good match. And Naomi is one of the most athletically talented women on the roster. She can do things that no other women can do. And if you don't believe me, just go back and watch Money in the Bank. And watch her in the Money in the Bank match. She is fucking amazing. And does some awesome shit. Reminds me of another superstar that was one of the most athletic superstars on the roster in a Money in the Bank match. Yeah, he wasn't anywhere on SmackDown. He hasn't been on SmackDown in a long time. I, was saying, I don't even think I don't even know if he still works there, man. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Sheldon Benjamin. In case you all didn't catch on to what you know, if you haven't been yeah. listening to us and don't realize how I am about Sheldon Benjamin, Travis has a hard on for Sheldon Benjamin, like he does have, like he does for Will Smith. Really, really, really. Really, that I said you have a hard on for Shelton Benjamin, or that I brought up your hard on for Will Smith? Either one, man. Either one. I mean, you're is right, not, but that's not the point. All right? I was going to say, is it not true? <laughs> All right. Uh, then we got the Usos coming out, and the Usos are like, hey, we didn't lose that tag team match last night. We didn't get pinned, so we want the bar. But then the Balor Club music hits, or the club music hits, and Gallows and Anderson come out, and they're like, hey, they're saying this is all about opportunity. We're one of the greatest tag teams of this era in the world, and we're sick of sitting in the back and watching Usos versus the New Day, New Day versus the Bar, New Day versus the Usos, the Bar versus the Usos. Let's get some other tag teams in there. And the Usos are like, okay, well, step up. That was one of those situations where I was, they were talking, I'm like, yeah, you're right, but... um not you though, fam. Like move out the way. Not not, not you. <laughs> the thing is, that's how I felt about they that. They are one of the most talented tag teams. They were one of the biggest tag teams in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They came over here and they didn't really do much with them. They are former tag team champions. I mean, I get all that. They just, you know, when I, when when they were like, "Hey, we want some you know new faces to get a chance," and I'm like, "Yeah, we do." Just yeah, not you. <laughs> we did get the new faces, and I got really excited about this because during this match, which ended in a disqualification. The bar's music hit, and they came down. But before they could even get to the ring, Sanity shows up, finally, and does something. They come in. They take out the Usos. They take out the club. And then they leave and let the bar go in there and pick the scraps. And the bar beats up on the New Day and the club. And You mean the Usos? Yeah, I'm sorry. The Usos and the club. And, uh, yeah, I'm... They introduced Sanity, they had them out there for like one fucking match, and then they disappeared. And then they came out to let Nikki Cross have a match against Becky, and then they disappeared. Who, Do by the way, they did a little vignette for us, so she's showing up. Yeah, but they're, they are saying that they're, they may keep her away from Sanity, so they might actually send her to Raw. Why? I don't know. Because Sanity is really supposed to be a vehicle for Eric Young to get over. 
but it got Nikki Cross over instead. So maybe they want to use Sanity to get Eric Young over with the WWE audience, and they don't want them forgetting about him and going for Nikki Cross, which they've kind of done by not putting him on TV or not letting Sanity do anything or be entertaining or, you know. Do you like eggnog? I do like eggnog. Like the the one you get from the liquor store with bourbon in it? No, because I don't drink. I know you don't drink drink, but like, have you tried it? I have not tried it, but I'm also not a big bourbon fan. I understand. Even when I did drink, I didn't like bourbon. I understand that because I don't either. But this is different. (laughs) Don't ask me why it's different. Just understand that it is. Well, why don't you ship me a bottle of that along with that capture card you're sending me, and then I'll let you know what I think. I already about shipped it. the capture card. Well, why don't you ship me a bottle of that for Christmas, and I'll let you know what I think about it? Then it's too late. What do you mean it's too late? Like ship it for Christmas. You want to drink it before Christmas? Between drink Thanksgiving and Christmas is the eggnog season. I will drink it on Christmas, and then I'll let you know. You know how much money it will cost me if I ship that now to make sure it gets there by Christmas? Way more than I'm going to spend if I haven't lost a bet. So we get this thing with the Miz backstage where he goes and he he meekly knocks on the McMahon's door because now it's the McMahon's office, all four of them. And I guess Triple H is now a McMahon. Because yeah, because apparently yeah, he's Hunter Hearst McMahon. McMahon. <laughs> Which, I mean, his balls are in Stephanie's purse, but, you know. We all knew that already, though, but it's just funny that they acknowledge that on television. (laughs) I was just really hoping that they were going to turn that creative over to Triple H because he's done such a fantastic job with NXT. I was excited to see him do the same thing with Raw and SmackDown. They're not quite ready to give Paul McMahon that much power. They should. Uh, But anyway, so Vince comes out, and (laughs) the Vince is like, uh, hi, Vince. Is Shane here? He goes, no, Shane can't come out to play. And what kind of knock was that? Was that was that like a baby knock or an adult? He goes, no, that was a manly knock. He goes, that was a that was a man knock. So oh, man. this was, I will say, the most entertaining thing that happened all week. But go ahead. I will. I'll agree with that because Miz is saying all these things about being Shane's partner, and he's not specifying tag team partner. And Vince is giving him all these funny looks, and he asks for Vince's blessing. Vince is like, I've never given a blessing in my life. I don't do that. But what I will do. It's not true. Well, that's what he said. I know, but I'm saying that's not true. Who do you give the blessing to? Trish. When he placed his hands on her chest, when he was doing the whole thing with his God <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that, didn't you? I didn't. <laughs> That's a different kind of blessing. Well, anyway, I'm just saying, he said he's never given anyone a blessing. Oh, yes, he has. <laughs> he literally he tells, claimed to be God. And <laughs> he tells them, Miz, you've got a tag team match tonight. And if you can prove yourself in that tag team match, I'll think about letting you be my son's tag team partner. Uh, I'm going to pick your opponents, and you can pick your teammate. And then he goes, actually, you know what? No, I'll pick your teammate, too. And I'm like, I'm thinking he's going to fuck the Miz big time. That's what I'm thinking is coming out is like, I didn't know what tag team he was going to put him against, but I was thinking it was going to be maybe like the Bludgeon Brothers returning and he was going to stick him with 
Hornswoggle as a tag team partner. Like I, I didn't know, but I didn't mm-hmm. think this was going to be good for the Miz. But actually, he makes it a mixed tag team match, and his partner is Mandy Rose, which isn't isn't bad. Yeah, uh, his opponents are the Fabulous Truth, who just won the mixed match challenge. Uh, our oh, yeah. truth. I'm telling you, calls, man. calls Mandy Rose Maurice. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. And uh, the Miz and Mandy Rose actually actually win that match. Uh, Mandy Rose gets kicked outside by Carmella. The Miz slides in after the dance break, hits the skull crushing finale, and pins our truth. One, two, three. He passed McMahon's test. I just, I really wish. Wait, greatest in the world. You wish what? I wish they would kill this whole fucking Shane McMahon, the Miz, greatest in the world tag team bullshit and be done with it. Yeah. It needs to end. So when are we going to like get the, the R-Truth Carmella trip to Connecticut? I don't know, but I, I do want to see that. I do too. Like, I want to like, see. Like I want that. Like them on tour at WWE headquarters. I've also mentioned this. I want our truth to show up for number thirty spot in the women's rumble <laughs> and try and take that. I really, I really want to see that happen. Um, we also get Jeff Hardy coming out, and Jeff says he wants an apology from Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe's like, ah. I am sorry. Well, no, but I'm well sorry. Joe had already said he was going to apologize. He didn't just come out and say, I want an apology. Joe didn't say he was going to apologize. They told us Joe was coming out to give an apology. Okay, well. Jeff came out and said, I'm out here for my apology. Joe come out and Joe's like, Well, I am sorry, but I'm sorry that this is an apology and that I tricked you. This is actually an intervention, Jeff. And he says some shit and Jeff kind of turns it around on him. He's like, Listen, I'm tired of here. I'm tired of all this. Uh, the reason you play these mind games and you act like this is because you're not happy with yourself. Maybe it's because, oh, I don't know, you've been here for two years and you haven't won a title. And Joe looked a little... Yeah, he looked a little thrown off and upset. He swung on Jeff. Jeff saw it coming, hit him with a twist of fate, walked away. Yeah. I'm mad that Joe hasn't been champion in yeah, two years. Yeah, it's kind of it, it, that is kind of sad, but I'm not happy about it. I'm sure he isn't, but it was what it was. It's another thing they need to end. Just give us a big match and blow it off. We also had some funny uh, backstage promos. One from Rusev, where Rusev talks about how handsome he is and how big his arms are and how sexy he is and. Then he shows us a picture of Shinsuke in that blue Elvis-esque leisure suit. He's like, come on, who really looks like a U.S. champion here? Yeah, and he, he said that uh, Shinsuke looks like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, referencing, yes referencing that Referencing that movie poster. Yeah. Another, then, uh, another one, of a, one of a couple of pop culture references this week. They um, forgot which episode, if it was Raw or SmackDown, because Corey's on both of them, where he mentioned... Uh, uh, Alfonso Rivera suing Epic Games for putting his uh, dance in Fortnite. Yeah, I heard that. They also mentioned Cardi B and uh, <laughs> Offset. Offset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they, well, yeah, they, well, in the midst of all, they also talked about um, backpack kids suing them too. You know, it's just <sighs> which would have been on SmackDown because it was because of our truth and Carmelo's dance. Right. Uh, that stuff goes over my head though because 
I watch NXT and Moro Ronaldo is a host of NXT and he drops and shit like that all the time. And it used to really bother me because I'm like, you sound like an old guy trying to be cool. But now it's just like it throwing fucking words at a brick wall. They just bounce off me. I, I just ignore them. Yeah, now. sometimes they come off that way, but sometimes they work. Like the whole, um, what was the one you just mentioned? Um, Offset Cardi B? No. That was the only one I mentioned. I know, I know. And I, and I said that you mentioned, but it was just, you didn't actually say it, but it popped into my head. Oh, the uh, the dance, the backpack kid. Yeah, but it was something. No, it wasn't even something that was actually said. Though is what I'm saying. Like we didn't even say oh. it out loud. It just popped in my head, and I just lost it. But never mind. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> then we had Shinsuke's promo where he says, "I'm not scared of Rusev. Who would be scared of this?" And then we got a bunch of clips of Rusev from Total Divas, and like and showing his, off his legs. His legs thing. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> mowing the lawn in his underwear to show off his legs and all this funny shit. So sorry, man. You know, I get it. Live your best life, Rusev. Go out there. Yes. Dude, you know, barbecue naked. I get it. It was some entertaining shit. You're in your um, own backyard. Barbecue naked if you want to barbecue naked. And then we get our main event. We find out that Mustafa Ali has officially been bumped up to the main roster on SmackDown, or he's officially part of the SmackDown roster. I don't know if that means he's no longer competing on 205 Live or not. I didn't know guys could get taken off 205 Live and put on the main roster, but apparently his match last week against Daniel Bryan really impressed some people. He was also on Chasing Glory, and I listened to him tell uh, his story on Chasing Glory to Lillian Garcia, and it's a really good story, and it's a really entertaining one. The guy seems cool as shit. He's, as I've been saying, a hometown boy because he's from Chicago. Um I'm behind the guy 100% after the Chase and Glory thing and, you know, him working on SmackDown. Behind him 100%. Um, it's AJ and Mustafa Ali versus Andrade Cien Almas and the new Daniel Bryan. Andrade looked good this match. I, I mean, need them to stop the saying that, by me. the way. What? The new Daniel Bryan. Yeah, you're tired of that already? Very tired of it. I was tired of it after the first week. But it's just like, I get it. Just, just, just call him Daniel Bryan. You don't have to say the new Daniel Bryan. We get well, here's it. the thing. This heel turn that he's done, and even referring to himself as the new Daniel Bryan, his merchandise sales have dropped. He's getting booed. He's not getting cheered. He's doing what he's supposed to do. I get it. I said I don't need the announcers to say it. Um, Andrade, like I said, looked really good that match. He was showing out. Uh, he was hitting Ali hard. In the end, Mustafa Ali pins the WWE champion for the win. Uh, what did you think of the tag team match, Travis? Um, like I said I enjoyed the tag match. I mean, it was another way for them to get AJ and Daniel Bryan in the ring together again. You know, in this time when they said they're going to give us new shit, and they gave us more of the old shit. Yeah, but Daniel Bryan and uh, AJ always put on good matches, so I was okay with it. I was just, you know. And they did showcase Andrade Cien Almas, who needed it. There was that cool moment where him and Zelina Vega did their little pose, and AJ came and drop-kicked him out the ropes. Which is something I, I always wondered why they didn't just do, like drop-kick him or do something, yeah. That was about that shit. And then, uh, like I said, they're showcasing Mustafa Ali. I'm happy for him. I, I don't know where this push came from, but good for him. 
apparently when he hit his finisher, which is that inverted 450, he calls it the 054, mm-hmm. um, his knee landed on Daniel Bryan's head and neck. He was apologizing profusely right after he did it, and then when they got backstage, because Daniel Bryan's concussion issues, the last thing you want to do is be the guy to knee him in the face and take him out again. Yeah. Also, while he was on Chasing Glory, he said he doesn't know how he does that move. He goes up there, closes his eyes, jumps off the top rope, he just does and it. then <laughs> when he opens his eyes, it's done, which is kind of scary to think about. But at the same time, it's just you got to think that's probably what most of them do when they're doing those crazy high flying things. Like I'm not sure how I'm able to pull it off. I just know I can do it, so I just do it and don't My think body about just it. Takes it's, over. it's better that way. Yeah, it's better if you don't think about it. Like honestly, stuff like that. Because you, if you start overthinking it, that's how you fuck it up. All right, Travis, who's going over this week? Ah. Uh... Natalia. I'm going with Mustafa Ali. Natalia may be number one contender, but Mustafa Ali pinned the WWE champion. Solid. And and got pulled off 205 Live, or at least got a spot on SmackDown, if not pulled off 205 Live. Who's jabbing out this week? Baron Corbin. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to go with you on that. If you guys are new... Um, I have championed for Baron Corbin from the very beginning of this podcast before he was even, you know, assistant GM and then GM uh, incumbent and all that. Um, I've, I've done my best not to say that he's jabbing out, but. uh, Yeah, there was, wasn't there a period of time we said he was jabbing out like every week and you would get pissed. (laughs) That was back when Eric was here. Yeah. Yeah, You guys fucking sucked. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Travis. Uh, did you watch Andrade San Amos versus Aleister Black at TakeOver New Orleans? I did. Tell me a little bit about what you thought about the match, other than it was just a good match. Another good match. I mean, it was. But no, um, The double knees to the ring. Anyway, rainbows. let me talk. You want me to talk about the match? Let me talk about the match. Sit back. Shut the fuck up. So... I will say it was good seeing Andrade, like, you know, getting some shine for real, like, unlike what he gets, like, on the main roster right now. I was, it's cool to see, like, what he was and what people were hoping for when he came to, you know, came to SmackDown. It was cool. But the thing that really stood out to me in this match was, like, I really appreciate the use of the manager in this match. Like, very, very well done. Like, the whole distraction of the referee the way they used the referee distracted for her to come in and do whatever she did to give him the advantage, you know, everything. Like, she put, he's put his foot on the ropes after he took the finisher and he was supposed to lose. I'm like, nope, foot on the rope. You know, and then she grabbed the title and gave it to him, act like he was going to use it, and the ref turned his back to take it away from him. She comes in and hits with the Hurricane Rana and shit. And spike her. Spike her Hurricane Rana, exactly. So it's just Not like her husband. very, very well done. I enjoyed that very much. And I have a whole new perspective rewatching this match now, knowing that they were dating when this happened, or engaged when this happened, and now they're married. Because at the time, I had no idea that mm. they were together. To let your wife spike Hurricane Rana you in the middle of that ring, I would not take the chance of letting Kate do that to me. Well, I mean, Kate's not a trained professional wrestler, so you know. Still, 
I mean, just like you just think, well, put it in terms like that you could do now. You wouldn't like, you know, you wouldn't take a like a solid clothesline from Kate. No, because I don't want her to know that she can do that to me, and I don't want her to think she can, because then when I'm not expecting it, she's gonna try that shit. Yo, Kate, I'm gonna need you to clothesline Matt sometime in the next week. Do it. Yeah, no, that ain't happening. Do but it. uh, <laughs> no, it, it, it's a great match. It was also. <laughs> For me, amazing, because as I've told everyone, I'm a huge Aleister Black fan. He is currently my favorite wrestler on all three rosters, or I guess five rosters if you count 205 Live and NXT UK. Um, And this was his coronation as champion, where he won the title and became NXT champion for the first time. So for WrestleMania weekend, that was fucking awesome for me. I I was like, I don't care what else happens, at least I got this. Kind of like when Baron Corbin or... uh, Bray Wyatt won the WWE title at Elimination Chamber only to lose it a month later. I was like, at least he got one. And I got to see it. I'm happy. I will say they did do that thing that I hate that WWE does now. And I see that they also do it in NXT now, which is having people kicking out after finishers. I hate that so much. They do it all the time. Finishers aren't finishers anymore. Yeah, I know. And I know know that's the case now, but I still hate it. Like, it's just... Like... Do like okay if you want them to like you know you don't want to take the pin then don't take the finisher like it's like find a way to dodge the finisher or counter the finisher you don't have to actually take the finisher doesn't make sense anyway, but yeah I know you know how I feel about him how do you feel about Alistair Black after seeing his Velveteen Dream match and this match and some of the other stuff um. I think I agree with what you said before that he needs needs to stay in NXT, like because they're gonna ruin him. Yeah, yeah. He he won't be able to be what he is in NXT on the main roster, so they need to keep him down in NXT. All right, Travis. Um, you've got no shows at all except for this one uh, this week or next week, so we got nothing to plug except for. Super Flashy Arrow will be back. And in the meantime, you guys can go to Facebook.com slash groups slash Super Flashy Arrow of tomorrow. And uh, if you guys haven't caught up with Travis and Mara on their podcast when they did the midseason finales and heard their thoughts, the videos are there. There's also discussions and people still talking about what was going on. So go there. If you like those shows, check out what they got to offer. You know, get yourself caught up before everything returns. Also, those videos, our videos, my post-TLC review, all on Facebook.com slash Creation Magazine. And as always, guys, you guys can find us, Facebook.com slash groups slash Smackin' It Raw. The Royal Rumble is officially the greatest gimmick match of all time, according to the Smackin' It Raw Facebook group. And I promised Travis, as a Christmas present, we would take a break from NXT we would start watching Rumble matches. So I will be posting a poll. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but there will be a poll of four to five Rumble matches for you guys to choose from to let us know which one you want us to watch and break down when we return in two weeks. 2,000. I can put 2,000 in there if you want. 2,000. Um, I, I, I feel mean, like I had something else, but right now, oh, Real quick, real quick, I love that Daniel Bryan uses a heel hold because he's a heel. (laughs) 
I love that little nuance thing. And if you guys didn't realize what he was doing there, hopefully you realize it now. He stopped using the yes lock, and because well, he's a heel, he does. He, he still did the use the label lock. They called the label lock instead of the yes lock. But yeah, I know what you mean though. I do. But like he's that. he's finishing yeah. with the heel hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking yeah. brilliant. Yeah. But also, Royal Rumble 2000. All right, Travis. In the middle of that Royal Rumble, Rikishi and Too Cool danced. All right, we'll, we'll Royal Rumble 2000. They can find you on Twitter and Instagram at Sir Cusselot. That is at S-I-R underscore C-U-S-S-A-L-O-T-T. You guys can find me only on Twitter at Matt Ritter. That is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. And I've got nothing else for the show, so we're going to close it out. All right. We are smacking a raw, and we are that damn good. Royal Rumble 2000.